Fine, I am Steve Jones, and today in the program we have a, a fun show, a show that uh, that I really liked actually, um, and I had a really good time at. Uh, so we'll get into that in just a, a bit. Um, if you haven't already, please follow Concert Pipeline on Twitter at Concert Pipeline, um, and subscribe to the show on iTunes. Uh, thank you for uh, tuning in. And um, and I, I like to tell stories uh, about the uh, the shows that we do and all that. And I have a really interesting story um, that goes alongside of uh, tonight's show that I never told on the uh, actual show. Didn't really seem appropriate, but I think in podcast form, it's uh, it's not a bad idea to to share this sort of story. So uh, we'll get into that in uh, just a few minutes here. Um, before we do that, though, uh, let's take a, a look at some music news right now and see what's uh, topping the headlines. All right, uh, first up on the music news is uh, Bruce Springsteen. He's uh, scored his 11th number one. Uh, on the U.S. Billboard 200 with his new album, High Hopes. The project has earned top spots uh, with opening week sales of 99,000 copies, according to Nielsen SoundScan. Um, Springsteen is now pulled ahead of Elvis Presley to stand alone as the act with the third most number one in uh, number ones in the history of the Billboard chart. Uh, ahead of both acts uh, on the all-time list are the Beatles with 19 number ones. Still has a little bit of work to get to, up to the Beatles and Jay-Z with 13. Uh, Springsteen begins his world tour in support of the album on January 26th. Uh, in Cape Town, uh, the first of four shows in South Africa, a month-long tour in Australia and New Zealand, uh, and so on. So, um, and this music uh, news is uh, brought to you by antimusic.com slash dayinrock, uh, so where this is provided. So I want to thank them for this music news. Um, uh, another big news uh, story that's out right now is Tool. They've surprised their fans with uh, a surprise tour um that they that they've announced it's really just a, a handful of shows really and um so they're they're back in action they've confirmed their first live shows since the summer of 2012 but there's no update on their long-awaited fifth album maynard james keegan and company will hit the road in march to deliver five shows in the u.s and yeah one of them's in the in the bay area they're going to be playing uh, March 11th at the Bill Graham Civic Auditorium in San Francisco. Uh, so that's really cool, and I'm sure it's going to sell out in half of a second. So if if you're really interested, check that out. Get your tickets early because they, they are going to go fast. Um, no update on their long-awaited album. And uh, and it's the, though their live show shall be extended in, to include the U.K. and Europe later in the year, um, late last year, uh, frontman Keenan uh, confirmed work is underway on uh, the follow-up uh, to 2006's 10,000 Days, but admitted he was finding the project tedious. I don't write the music. They write the music. I wait for them to bring it to me, he told Rolling Stone. They tend to go back over and over stuff. They don't have to uh, go through it 700 times. They can just trust that first thought. But that's their process, so you got to let them do it. So sounds like uh, not really a lot of headway in terms of um, the, the new album maybe it'll uh, show up like a surprise album on iTunes like Beyonce's did maybe that's the way to kind of really get fans excited and um, and get them going um, I guess we'll see uh, more on that as it comes and and how uh, see how they do with uh, uh, their their live dates that they've they've booked as well so 
Um, some interesting stuff there. We talked uh, recently about the Beatles and uh, how they're going to reunite and perform at uh, the Grammys. Uh, it turns out that's not entirely true. Um, they're, they will be together uh, on hand at the Grammys, but they won't be performing together. Um, Ringo Starr has confirmed that the, the Eurythmics won't be the only ones reuniting uh, at an upcoming special televised uh, Beatles anniversary event. He confirmed that he and Paul McCartney will be performing together. Um, and so that's uh, coming up in, in Los Angeles um, on Monday, January 27th, and will air on CBS on February 9th to celebrate their 50th anniversary of the Beatles' historic appearance on the Ed Sullivan Show, which launched, launched Beatlemania, of course, in uh, America. Um, and so he said to celebrate the 50 years since um, we uh, landed in New York in February 1964. They're putting on a big show on Monday, and we'll be doing it there. That's really what what made them big uh, here in the United States and, and really took them from stars to superstars. Uh, so they really want to celebrate that, and they don't want to let it uh, kind of go by the wayside. It's kind of what, what it's looking like there. So it, it had been announced that... Um, that they were would be performing together at the Grammys, not actually gonna gonna happen. So it's gonna happen just a little bit after that, um, as far as that's concerned. And um, and um, and also he he went on to ref uh, Ringo Starr went on to reflect on the Ed Sullivan Show debut. He recalls that appearance and on February 9th, 1964, and uh, as one of the most, it was one of the most watched television events ever. Um, and he, in an interview with Rolling Stone, he said it was incredible, um, and that um, it was Ed Sullivan, and it was a big show, and we didn't know uh, while we were playing that 70 million people were watching, but it was uh, being in America that was so exciting. It was our first trip to the America, really. Um, all the music we loved uh, was in America. It came from America to England, uh, where we came from, Liverpool. Uh, it was great because it was a, a port, so uh, all of the guys from New York would bring tracks over. Vinyl in those days, the LPs, and it was great. I could feel the buzz, even on the plane. It was so exciting. I went, ah, interesting. So, uh, so yeah, lots to come from the uh, from Paul McCartney and Ringo Starr. It looks like they're spending you know some time together to uh, to really not waste this momentous occasion because 50 years is a really long time. So, um, so really they realize that the Beatles are much bigger than just them. It's uh, it's this whole craze and it's really this uh, what revolutionized a lot of uh, today's music and today's rock music as well. So. Um, and uh, last up in the music news, um, Amberlin are planning a big farewell tour. Uh, the band has signed a new deal with Tooth & Nail Records to record their final album this summer, and the band will be launching a farewell tour across the world. Uh, the farewell tour will include next summer's Warp Tour, uh, so as well as dates in Brazil, UK, Netherlands, Australia, Singapore, Philippines, so, uh, and a lot of other countries uh, to be uh, announced. But in the United States, it sounds like Warp Tour might be one of your last chances to see Amberlin if you um, were a big Amberlin fan. Uh, the label's president, Brandon Evel, had this to say about the new album deal and the band's final album plans. We're honored to welcome Amberlin back to the Tooth & Nail family, and we're humbled that they've chosen to work with us for their final chapter in their storied career. Amberlin is among a few select bands to come to mind when uh, thinking about the legacy of Tooth & Nail Records. We look forward to making Amberlin's final year memorable for everyone. So... Um, so more to come um, on that as uh, uh, as it progresses, but it seems like they're um, you know throwing in the towel uh, and uh, saying goodbye to their friends as uh, as the band Amberlin. So 
that's all for today's music news. Now let's get into the show. Um, to, uh, today on the show, we have two bands, uh, both from the same concert at the uh, Fillmore in San Francisco back in um, 2005. Uh, that, uh, today on the show, we have The Academy Is and a uh, performance by uh, Something Corporate as well. Uh, from their last uh, real uh, tour as a band, they did another tour after that um, where it was kind of like a reunion-type tour, um, but it was their last regular, hey, we're Something Corporate, This we're all together, this is you know us as a band, um, their last time really uh, in that format. Um, at, at, to this point, they may reunite again at some point, but um, but that's what I like to remember is their last last tour. Um, and so the the academy is uh, fronted by William Beckett. Uh, is, they were a, you know, a small band at the time, but they grew to be uh, bigger and really find their niche in the you know pop rock world. They opened for something corporate uh, at the Fillmore, and so um, we had an interview booked with them um, backstage at the Fillmore. Um, there are some dressing rooms and um, and it's a cozy little area but um, but we did the interview there um, I also before uh, the, uh, that interview I was hanging out and I, I was talking to the guys from something corporate Andrew McMahon uh, Josh Partington and the other uh, guys from something corporate um, and, uh, and I knew something corporate from uh, had a special treat in store for um, for that tour that they were doing, so I asked Andrew McMahon if he'd be doing uh, that treat, which which will actually be on the show later. So I'll talk a little bit more about that later, um, and he confirmed he would. So um, so I was pretty excited about that. Um, then came the interview with uh, with the Academy Is, and um, so we talked to them, recorded some of their uh, songs. So you'll get to hear some of that on the show. Um, but the really memorable for me part of the night came uh, actually during later on uh, in the night uh, during the concert after um, the Academy is performed. I think the, the second band was Straylight Run was performing, so it's probably around that time that it that it happened, and um, and so I. Uh, I had to use the restroom pretty badly. Uh, I before the show we did the interview backstage, and I hadn't gone to the will call to pick up my passes yet or anything. But uh, my friends Chris and Hiro um, helped out with the interview as well, and so they um, came backstage and uh, and hung out. and uh, And I knew that um, I probably didn't have a backstage pass uh, for the actual show. Probably just a photo pass to uh, record some songs of the uh, of the band set. Um, and, uh, so I didn't want, uh, I didn't want to go back to the will call to get my, uh, passes because I knew I wouldn't be able to get and hang backstage and watch a show from up on the balcony in, uh, at the Fillmore, which is a, a really amazing view. It's so much fun to be in the concert and down on the floor and in the thick of it, but it's pretty cool also to be up on the balcony where, you know, people don't really get to go and hang out where the bands hang out and everything. So... Um, so I knew I wouldn't be able to get back in, but so I went downstairs, um, and told the security guy, Hey, I'll be right back. Just going to use the restroom. For some reason, there's no restroom backstage at the, the Fillmore, um, which is really pretty, pretty weird, uh, for a venue. You have to actually go out to the actual, um, restroom that, that everybody else uses. So I just told him, Hey, I'll be right back sort of thing. I'm going to go use the restroom. And he's like, you'll need to have a pass to get back in. And that's when I was like, shooting myself in the foot a little bit because I'm like, well, do I go? Do I go? And uh, not be able to get back and hang out with my friends who were backstage um, upstairs uh, watching from the balcony? Or do I just 
hold it. I couldn't hold it. I couldn't. I, it was it was one of those really painful, you gotta go moments sort of thing. And so I made a decision that I had to do. And uh, uh, and we were hanging out around the Academy as his uh, dressing room. I guess it was maybe while they were playing because they weren't in the uh, dressing room at the time. Uh, they had left it. Um, and so, um, so I told my friends Chris and Hiro about this situation where, you know, anybody can relate, right? Sometimes you just gotta go. Uh, and, uh, and so what I, what I ended up, uh, doing was I ended up, uh, taking a water bottle. I, I may have drank it or something. I emptied it out or, uh, and then, uh, I, I went to the restroom in the water bottle in the Academy as his dressing room backstage at the Fillmore. So it was, it was a hilarious event. I had Chris and Hiro watch guard uh, to make sure no one was coming in uh, at that particular moment or anything, but it, but it was so funny and uh, it's such a uh, hilarious point where it just had to happen. And, and I'm glad it did because uh, if I, uh, if I didn't do that, then I wouldn't have been able to record um, part of something corporate's performance at that uh, show either, which was, again, uh, the Fillmore to me is just such a, a legendary venue to see concerts. And um, and something corporate is one of my favorite bands. Um, so uh, so I wanted to be able to record a couple songs. Um, and, and we'll get into the story with something corporate a little bit later. I thought that was a great story to, uh, to share on the show though. Um, according to, that really reminds me every time I think of, uh, the Academy is, and, um, me relieving myself in their dress, in their, uh, in their dressing room backstage. So <laughs> anyway, uh, let's get on to the show now. We're going to start it out with, uh, uh, the Academy is, and this is, uh, one of their songs, um, that is, uh, it, it's attention, attention. Here is the Academy is on concert pipeline. I'm Tom, William, Adam, Mike. Where the Academy is. And you're watching concert, concert pipeline.
I'm Steve Jones, and welcome to Concert Pipeline. I'm here with Mike, Adam, William, and Tom from the Academy Is. We're at the Fillmore in San Francisco. Now you guys are on the super radio. Something corporate and straight out of run. We won for you. It's been going incredibly. It's a big tour for us, so that's you know, that's great. Uh, but we've done we've done some other tours that have been you know cool too, but this is definitely up there, if not the best. So it's been very exciting. Now, now your, uh, your major uh, album, uh, almost here, is coming out uh, tomorrow, which is um, Yeah, so how is the response to that? How do you expect that to react to that? Hopefully, you know, all the, all the touring that we've done, you know, we, we've been on the road, I, I would say, from um, middle of September, on and off, you know, different package tours, and, uh, you know, we've been building it, and stuff like Pure Falling have helped a lot, we releasing some of the new materials, so, um, you know, it's our first record, so we're just, you know, really just stoned out, you know, you know, as far as expectations, you know, yeah. there's a Response for the songs, and especially with Pure Volume, and um, just noticing the difference when we come back to cities, and you know, seeing you know the same faces, and seeing people that like you know know the words and stuff to songs that aren't even released yet. Um, it's, it's an exciting thing as far as um, having expectations for like the record. Um, pretty much all that we can do is just keep touring and, and, uh, and uh, be true to that, and everything else kind of take care of itself. Now, now you guys uh, obviously have been around for a little longer before, before that. When did you guys form? Or was it uh, almost two years ago? Almost two years, yeah. a little less than two years ago, yeah. And how, how'd you all meet? Um, uh, <laughs> how did we meet? Uh, well, Billy was doing this uh, acoustic thing, and uh, he was doing Remember Man, and I was in and out of bands um, right around, you know, from the same area in Chicago, in the suburbs more or less. And um, we kind of just started writing songs together, you know, and then we kind of put this band together and, you know, soon afterwards we released an EP and then, you know, went in to do the full length, which is almost here, and uh, we started touring, so. How was the recording process? Of almost here, um, the recording process was quick, it was, you know, it was, it, was, it, was, it was a pretty quick record to make, um, it was done in about two and a half weeks, so it was, yeah, so it was, um, I mean, it was, it was a good amount of time, but it was definitely, you know, Sunday to Sunday, Sunday, you know what I mean? There wasn't a lot of, um, but, you know, the, the, as far as the, the process, you know, there, there wasn't a lot of thought into, as far as tones and stuff, it was kind of like, let's go with the songs we have and kind of just let them go, you know? Yeah. And the outcome came out really, you know, we were definitely pleased with it and, you know, so. Nice. Now, do you, write, do you like to write on the road or uh, just yeah. take time out? Yeah, we do. Um, right now, we're kind of doing our um, our own isolated things and like um, progressing as musicians, and then we're you know obviously planning on getting everything more organized and together soon. But we're always working on our own things. Um, 
That's where we're at right now. When you guys recorded your album, do you, do you all uh, do you record it live, uh, like all, all playing once, or do you record the tracks individually? You know, with with the drum parts, for example, there's a scratch guitar track that goes with the drummer, and then most of the guitar parts are layered afterwards, and you know, so forth with the vocal. So everything's kind of you know placed on top, and that's for various reasons, you know, to it's just one of the ways to do it, and that was the you know the way we chose to do it, and with the producers. So, how did you get signed to Fuel by Rum? We uh, we'd released um, the EP, and uh, about three weeks after that, um, John from Pure Ramen um, had caught wind of our band from uh, from a couple different sources and like wanted to check us out. So he, he uh, flew up from Florida and um, stayed with us at our apartment in uh, you know in Chicago and uh, stayed with us there for like three days. And we hung out and like you know went to dinners and, and you know just spoke about our you know the future and our dreams and our and, and our plans and uh, about a week later we signed with the Ramen. Oh nice. Yes. Now I know you guys you guys are gonna be back here really soon. You guys are on tour gonna tour right after this with yes. Fallout Boy, right? Yes, yes. absolutely. Uh, how big of a tour is that? How far does it span? Uh, that one's a, it's, um, a complete weeks. national tour. It's, it's nine weeks long. It's hitting like all major and minor markets. It's gonna be incredible. Do you think that with the release of this uh, new album, you guys are going to become more of a touring band, or? Uh, oh, definitely, definitely. Yeah. If, if not already, uh, we'll definitely put us, you know, more in. Uh, you know, it helps having a record out. You yeah. know, any tours, so uh, so that will be very, you know, cool and be perfect for Fall Boy, and I think it's going to work out really well. Now, how is how is life on the road? I mean, uh, away from home, obviously. And what what kind of activities take place? What are some stories from the road? <laughs> I mean, it's different for all of us. It's a lot different from all of us, purely because our personalities are different. But I mean, it's a it's a different lifestyle. It's not it's not one that like many people have that you know we don't like we don't sit in the same bed at all yeah. ever. You know, every night's a new a new climate, a new city, a new hotel room. But there's something magical about about touring, and, and you know, it's like everything else doesn't matter uh, when you compare that. You know, like, like all those things and all the, the hardships and like eating Taco Bell and, and like McDonald's. Um, but you play a show like this at the Fillmore or something like this, like legendary place, and you get to play like, like the House of Blues or like these like magical you know venues. It's it just everything else just disappears. It doesn't matter. Just that half hour on stage, you know. So what mu what music are you all listening to right now? What what other what are some of the other bands you like? Artists. Uh, the, you know, I mean, I mean personally, I, mean, I, I think it's different for everyone. But the new Bright Eyes CDs, um, been, I've been doing those. Um, the new Gwen Stefani record, I like a lot. Um, stuff like, you know, going back to like Red Hot Chili Peppers and listening to Smashing Pumpkins again a lot, and just kind of all over the place. Stone Temple Pilots. Stone Temple Pilots. Yeah. Stone Temple Pilots. Stone Temple Pilots. <laughs> nice. Uh, I, I can't get enough of like Simon and Garfunkel right now. And a, a lot of uh, Cat Stevens. I'm really getting into now. Um, Bob Dylan. I'm always a big fan of. Um, and that's really what I'm listening to now. Not not, not much else. Yeah. Kind of folk. Um, just like a lot of Elliot Smith. Um, the new Exit CD is really fucking good. Um, that's about it. Yeah. 
Uh, what are some of your musical influences? Obviously, those artists. But uh, do you have any? Like, are there? Is there anybody in your lives or any artists that like have particularly influenced you? You know, when we were writing the record, a bunch. You know, and it was you know it was from anywhere from Steely Dan to Third Eye Blind to listening to a lot of Elliot Smith, and it was um, you know from pop, you know from pop bands to. Yeah, you know, personally, I don't have anything that, like, really sticks out in my head right now that I'm like, you know, that's the band that really, you know, made it for me, but there's, you know, there's definitely bands like Weezer and stuff that really, you know, kind of got me into all this stuff, so, as far as the touring and, you know, playing guitar, and then I've kind of gone back and listened to a lot of different things, contemporary and, you know, from the past, so. It's pretty much the same for me, um, but some, some, uh, some specific, like, vocalists that, that I admire, like, to no end, are, um, a vocalist like Jeff Buckley, um, like Bjork, I'm an, uh, I'm a really big Bjork fan, um, I don't know no one else here is, except for maybe Tom, but, uh, but that's the cool thing about our band, you know, is that we all have our own influences and we can bring that, you know, to the forefront and, you know, within, you know, um, the songwriting process as well, you know, so it's cool. Now, what do you see for the future for the Academy? Is obviously a new album tomorrow, but yeah. <laughs> a little further down. Just further down the line, uh, to tour. You know, we like we like touring. You know, it's 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 there's something really cool about coming to a city again and again and kind of seeing it grow naturally where it's not being pushed down people's throats and you know you sell this many CDs and the next time hopefully those kids talk to other kids and you know there's more people each time that are singing the songs and whatnot and just you know keep doing it I mean I guess the goal you know towards the end of this record is hopefully do some you know headlining stuff and that you know that's kind of a goal for any band is you want to play your own shows and draw your you know and have bands open up for you which is kind of you know um, but yeah, so, and, and then keep writing and record another record after this, you know. Nice. Alright, well, I'm Steve Jones, and here at the Academy is at the Fillmore in San Francisco. Thank you guys for Thank you.
show and uh let's talk about something corporate a little bit i have a lot of something corporate and andrew mcmahon stories that i can share and i'll I'll definitely share more of those when um, he's actually featured on the show um in an in-studio uh performance uh an interview um we'll get into some uh, some more of my stories about the band then but since they're not our featured guest uh on this episode um, I'll kind of keep it a little bit shorter and talk more about um, about this episode and what's kind of special about this tour that they did. Um, uh, there's a, a song that Something Corporate performs that, um, and it's part of their repertoire that was really kind of created as uh, a small, really toned down song. They did Something Corporate started out with this EP called Ready Break, which is really some just a handful of songs. It's like ten songs actually that uh, they recorded um, in a changing room at a concert uh, because they needed to have something to give to a record label um, to really demonstrate themselves. And and that that little EP uh, it went on and it uh, it really formed their career. Um, and uh, and them as a band and and the true um, true true diehard fans of something corporate um, will always go back to Ready Break, which they only originally printed uh, I think 250 copies of it. They later took it up to 2,500, so it was really tough to get a hold of. I got a copy and um, and the first time I ever interviewed Andrew McMahon, he was surprised I had one of the original copies and uh, asked how I got it and everything. You know ebay did it so uh it was a little pricey but it was uh worth it to have a piece of their their history um on that album they did uh, they did a song that's it's like a nine minute song called constantine um and it's uh it's really a, a touching story um about that andrew mcmahon tells and i'll let him you know kind of sing it to you and uh here in just a, a moment um but um he in this on this tour he kind of he combined constantine with uh weezer's only in dreams um so he kind of combined those two songs together on this tour which is which was pretty cool and it worked out really well and um and i was able to record it uh from up on the balcony at the fillmore um and andrew mcmahon's tour manager wasn't at that time you know kind of was pretty protective over recordings um of uh of their work and didn't like uh, to have video recorded uh so it was tough to get i put a little piece of black tape over my video camera though and um and uh, and was able to uh record that um that song and some others as well from up on the uh from up on the balcony when when he wasn't looking so um so we're going to have that for you here on concert pipeline so uh, check out something perfect
Let's do one more song from Something Corporate show at the Fillmore in San Francisco uh, tonight on Concert Pipeline. Here is Watch the Sky. this episode of concert pipeline uh, thank you for tuning in to the the podcast i hope you've enjoyed other shows that we've had um, please bear with me as i'm working with uh, audio and trying to figure out all the inner workings of GarageBand. that's a pretty new program for me to really use so in depth and uh, and i know sometimes the concert levels are too high or the microphone's too low and you have to tweak it a little bit and I'm, i apologize for that i'll do my best uh, going forward to really play pay close attention to that so uh, it sounds a lot better. Um, I do want to pr uh, preview some of the stuff that we have coming up on Concert Pipeline. We have some new material um, because, remember, a lot of this is, uh, is stuff from the original Concert Pipeline show as we're really building up the podcast to start back up. And, um, and so I'm working with uh, my friend Joe Wilson, who's um, going to be helping out with the show, and he's going to be a part of the show as we go uh, forward as well. Um, so you'll be hearing him pop up. Um, we, ha we have, um, uh, first off, a Tenacious D concert review uh, that we'll be doing, so you'll be hearing um, about that show. They performed as part of SF Sketch Fest um, in San Francisco, a whole comedy festival with over 200 acts, um, and uh, so Tenacious D uh, was there, and they did a performance as well as uh, they spoke and showed clips and Jack Black and Kyle Gass are hilarious and have been friends forever so um, so that it'll be uh, uh, really a good show uh, talking about that I'll include it in 
uh, one of the future episodes. Also, as, as we continue on with new material, um, we've uh, set up to uh, pr- uh, to do kind of promote Jonathan Jones and uh, We Shot the Moon's new album, uh, The Finish Line, which uh, is coming out February 11th. So uh, we're going to be uh, in studio with Jonathan Jones of We Shot the Moon and um, talk to him about that album as well as his previous bands, um, Waking Ashland and um, and the band he's currently uh, with, uh, We Shot the Moon, um, and uh, and have him perform some songs, new and old, uh, so uh, that you have that to look forward to. Um, and uh, we also have an interview set up with uh, with the Toasters, which are a ska band that's been around for over 30 years. It's really hard for me to imagine a band that's been around for over 30 years and uh, that's not the level of the Beatles or anything like that. Um, and uh, because I myself am right now, I'm 30 years old. And so that's just thinking that there's been bands that are around longer than I've been alive that are, that are not mainstream like that are pretty is pretty crazy so we'll be interviewing them from their show uh at the atrium in santa cruz um so uh so that'll be pretty cool as well so that's coming up on on future episodes of concert pipeline um as well as uh, a flashback to an interview with the uh, with suburban legends from their show at imusic cast so uh, so that's coming up uh, as well as a bunch of other great great shows on the last podcast i suggested you listen to the friendship podcast uh, which is with my buddies BK and CJ. Uh, so you should definitely check that out. You should also check out a podcast that my buddy Gus Carlson from college does uh, called The Life and Times of Plaid Bunyan. So you can check that out on iTunes. Uh, so thanks for uh, tuning into Concert Pipeline, your pipeline into the music industry, and uh, I'll check you out next time. Get me out of the rain, you get me out of my clothes Hope I don't make a sound